Hello, and welcome to the Wine It Up A Notch podcast, a podcast where we talk about wine, life, and everything in between. My name is Anshu, I'm your host, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join me for a few minutes today. Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. Today, I thought I'd do a follow-up on episode 14. If you haven't listened to episode 14, in it, I talked about BYOB, so bring your own bottle to a restaurant, and I talked specifically about what had spurred the idea for that episode, which was an outing that my family and I had at a restaurant here in Toronto where we actually brought our own bottle of wine. So if you haven't checked out episode 14, go back and check it out. I deliver some good information, I hope anyways, about what it takes to bring your own bottle. It's sort of an art uh, and a science and you've got to strike the right balance. And there's some good tips in that episode. But also in that episode, I talked about the wine that we had taken to the restaurant. I just spoke about it briefly. I mentioned it was a Torontes. After doing that podcast episode, I sat down to do a little bit more research about Torontes because I drank another Torontes and I just think it's such a cool wine and I wanted to share a little bit about it in this episode. So I'll get to that in a moment. But I thought actually I'd talk first about an incident that just happened to me this morning as I dropped my kids off to camp. Now I'm sharing this in the hopes that this may, you know, change someone who's listening. It might change your attitude in a situation if you find yourself in a similar situation to the one that myself and another individual found ourselves in today. So I went to drop my children off this morning. And as I pulled up to the school where they have their camp, there was a car blocking the roundabout uh, where you would, you know, pull into to drop your kids off. And that is actually not designated parking. It's a place to turn your car around and keep moving. But it is the entrance way into the area where they have one single disabled parking spot. And my daughter is in fact disabled. So I do use that spot to minimize the amount that she has to walk. Well, as I pulled up, I saw that there was a rather large truck blocking the entrance to the roundabout and I couldn't get around it. So I put my car in park, I waited, and a lady casually got out of the car, went around to the other side, got her son out, strolled up to the front where she was dropping her son off for camp. And he was, I'm going to say about 10 or 11 years old. And then I watched as she, you know, patted him on the head, gave him a hug, talked to the camp counselors, hung around as he went in and then casually started to stroll back. All the while, I'm unable to get into the parking spot uh, to drop my own children off, and I can't go around her. So uh, as she was coming, I rolled down my window, and I said, excuse me, is this your car? And she said, yes. And I said, I'd love it if you'd move it. If I'm honest, I maybe didn't need to say anything, but I was a little bit irritated that she had seen me pull up behind her and had still chosen to not move her car. So I guess I was trying to make a point. Well, she started to get into it with me. So rather calmly, she told me that, She knew she needed to move her car and she'd get to it. And she slowly took her keys out of her car, very purposefully was, you know, trying to get under my skin. So I mentioned, listen, I just need to get to that handicapped parking spot. And she said, and I said, you're blocking me. And she said, well, you know, my son had a pain in his neck and I'm sure you can understand that. So I needed to take him to the front today and I didn't want him to walk as far. And I said, well, I'm not the one who's disabled. It's my daughter and I really do want to get her to camp. So I'd really appreciate it if you could just move your car, not really looking to have a conversation with you about it. And what happened next is probably the part that uh, bugged me the most, which is she turned to me and she said, well, good for you. And essentially she was saying, good for you if you need the parking spot. And I said to her, oh, is it really good for me? Do you really think it's good for me that my daughter's handicapped and I need to use the handicapped spot? And then she proceeded to tell me how angry I was and I was having a bad morning and I didn't need to take it out on her. And then she gave me a stare down for about 30 seconds, not moving, and said she had nowhere to go. So she was in no rush and she was not going to move her car. 
at that stage, you know, recognizing that my children were in the backseat, I just decided to let it go. It really wasn't worth my time. I don't get, uh, I don't let myself get riled about people who are clearly not using their intelligence in a moment. But, you know, I, I have to say it does really highlight a point around people who are fully abled using their power and privilege to put down people who are not fully able, frankly. And, you know, my daughter is disabled and does need access to things that she legally has a right to. And I'd have to say that this is not the first time that I've had to speak up for her right and mine to have access to things like a parking spot or to, you know, uh, move in a line in a certain way or even move freely in the world. And, you know, it strikes me that people sometimes just don't even bother to think about what's coming out of their mouth, how hurtful it is to say to someone, well, good for you if you need a disabled parking spot, simply because I guess her ego was bruised a little that I had called her out on her bad behavior or that I was saying anything to her at all. Clearly, she thought that I had no right to speak up, whereas I would vehemently disagree. So I'll leave it at that. I just share that story because I'm not going to stop speaking up. I think people need to understand what their blind spots are and their biases are. And if you're getting in the way of my daughter's rights to what she needs, then I'm certainly going to speak up for that. So that's not stopping. If anything, you know, I'm going to keep my calm demeanor as I do it, just as I did today. But I hope that if you're listening to this, you know, it just does give you a moment to pause and reflect and think about the ways in which you can help others out. Even if you feel in a moment that someone is perhaps, you know, saying something you don't want them to say or stepping on your rights in some way, if they've got less privilege than you, I'm not sure that it makes much sense to fight back, if you will, if that's what she thought she was doing. Because you may end up saying something that's really hurtful and maybe you regret it or you don't after the fact. I don't know that she'll ever think about me or that encounter again. But, you know, you never know what goes around comes around. And I just think that when you put bad energy out there, you bring bad energy back your way. So with that, you know, I do wish her love and light and I hope she goes on to have a good day. I certainly plan to. And so why don't we flip over to wine now? Okay, so let's get into it. So Torontas, this is a really, for me, fun grape to talk about. I was introduced to Torontas when we went to Argentina. I've mentioned in prior episodes that we traveled to Argentina. And I think I would say prior to that, I had not had Torontas. But in Argentina, it's actually their superstar white varietal. That's not to say that they don't uh, produce wine from other grapes. They certainly do. But they're sort of known for making really outstanding Torontas in that country. Torontas is a light-skinned grape. It is mid to late ripening which just means that it takes longer to come to, you know, fully grown and ready to be made into wine. And it's got kind of an interesting backstory. Tarantas is actually a word that is used for a range of grapes across mostly the um, Iberian Peninsula, Chile, Argentina, and perhaps to a smaller extent, Uruguay. From a DNA testing perspective, they've been proven to be genetically dissimilar, so they are distinct grapes. However, they're called... Torontas by uh, everybody who grows them in those regions. The grapes also have synonyms, so they're not only called Torontas. And you know, that's that's a pretty geeky point, to be honest. When I speak of Torontas, though, I just want to clarify that I'm speaking about the Torontas that you find in Argentina. And frankly, when you say Torontas, that's what most wine people will think of. That is the main place where Torontas grows, thrives, and is making a world mark. Within Argentina, there are actually three strains of Torontas that are grown. There's Torontas Riojano, Torontas Mendocino, and Torontas San Juanino. Those three grapes are 
genetically similar, but they're not the same grape. They're actually different strains and they're grown in different parts of the country. Taranta's Mendocino is grown in the Mendoza province, which many people would be familiar with if you're a fan of Malbec. The Taranta's San Juanino strain is grown in the province of San Juan. And then the Taranta's Riojano grape is most widely grown around the country and is probably the grape that most people will think of when they're thinking of a beautiful, fresh, aromatic wine from Argentina called Taranta's. Because Taranta's Riojano is the most widely planted. And you find it mostly in the north of the country, in a province called Cafayate, in and around a town called Salta. The reason that Torontes does so well there, and, and really Cafayate and Salta are the gold standard when it comes to Argentinian Torontes, is because that is a part of the country that is very high altitude. So really high up from the sea, up in sort of the mountains, and the grapes are grown in valleys, but they're still very high. And so what you get there is a really nice cooling influence from the sea, which keeps those grapes fresh, the acids somewhat high, while the grapes still ripen fully because there's great sun exposure and overall warm conditions in Argentina. Having said that, the province of Cafayate is significantly cooler than the rest of Argentina, but, you know, overall still a warm climate. And so you've got this beautiful difference of temperature between night and day, which we call a diurnal range. And wherever there's this possibility of differences between night and day temperatures, you get fresher grapes, which lead to fresher wines. So we have wines coming from the Salta area within Cafayate, which are fresh, clean. They've got good acidity and expressive fruit flavors. So let's talk a little bit about the profile of a Torontes. A Torontes wine is not a super, super high acid wine. It's not one that's going to have you puckering your lips at all. Rather, it's a crisp, clean wine, one that is very, very aromatic, however, and that is one of the signature elements of a Torontes wine from Salta or Cafeate more broadly in Argentina. You're looking at a wine that's going to give you wonderful citrus flavors, good tropical fruit notes often, and very, very floral. It's often thought to be um, really full of white floral notes. Some people will even say they smell roses or geraniums, but it's a very, very floral kind of presentation. When you get some minerality behind it, it just sings. And that's what you get when you're looking at Torontes from Salta or Cafeate. I'll come back to the point around acidity. I will point out that these wines are not super high acid and acidity is often a mark of a wine that will go really well with food or be, you know, really refreshing on a hot summer day when you're talking about white wines. However, I do think they present with good acidity, especially when they're coming from this part of the country. And so for me, uh, I think that actually there's a nice balance between acidity and roundness that comes within these wines, which makes them actually a little bit more palatable to most people. Torontes is generally a dry wine. There may be some residual sugar in it, but you'll generally find a wine that will feel and as you put it in your mouth, it may feel as if it's got a sweetness to it because of all of those heady flavors and aromas I just spoke of, the citrus fruit, the tropical fruit, the floral notes, but actually it often finishes dry. These wines from Argentina are usually about medium alcohol. So they're usually somewhere between 12 to, you know, on the higher end, maybe 14%, but they're usually 12 and a half to about 13 and a half percent ABV, which is also nice. Again, it makes them you know, more of a medium bodied wine, a little bit easier to handle for most people. In terms of pairing Torontes, for me personally, I think they make incredible pairings for Asian food or spicy food. So I 
as I mentioned in episode 14, Perida Tarantes with Malaysian food, which is quite spicy, both from a you know dark, rich, earthy spice perspective, but also a fiery heat perspective. I think they would pair nicely with Chinese food, Korean food, Mexican food, Indian food. Aside from spicy food, I think Tarantes also pairs beautifully with chicken dishes, also with seafood, especially if it's poached or only has a light cream sauce or more of um, you know a vegetable presentation with it. In terms of cheeses, I think Tarantes goes beautifully with creamy white cheeses. And of course, I would recommend that Tarantes could be drank on its own because of that highly aromatic and floral character. It's a lovely wine to have on a patio, sip it with your friends and family and watch the day go by. It's just wonderful. Another really great thing to know about Tarantes is that it is usually not very expensive, even when it's made from a great producer. The bottle that I had in episode 14 was less than 20 Canadian dollars, and that's usually the range. We're looking at somewhere between 16 or 17 to, at the top end, you know, 23, 24, $25 Canadian. And there you're really getting into a more expensive wine. So generally for me, they're usually about sub $20, which again is a fantastic price point for a casual dinner where you're not wanting to spend a lot of money and break the bank. Also, if you want to try a wine at that price point, it's easy to try and see if it's something that you really enjoy. It really is so fun for me to try all of these wines as I'm finishing off my Certified Specialist of Wine Certification, which is a course that I've been taking through the Society of Wine Educators out in the U.S. They're based in Texas. I'm just having a ball, you know, reading about all of these grapes and wines and trying them one last time before I head into the WSET Diploma Program, where I'll probably be doing more of the same, no doubt. So there you have it. That's a little bit about the Tarantes grape. So we've learned a little bit about the backstory around the grape, that there's, you know, multiple grapes that are actually called Tarantes, that it's most famously, though, associated with Argentina. And in Argentina, there's three strains. Talked a little bit about the fact that Argentina's most famous region for Tarantes is actually Salta, which is a town in the province of Cafayate. And we've talked a little bit about what pairs well and what you can expect from a profile perspective from these wines. I hope I've piqued your curiosity to try Tarantes if you haven't tried it before. It's a great substitute for some of the white wines you might already be drinking. And or if you drink it already, perhaps I've piqued your curiosity and, and tempted you to have another bottle sometime soon. If you want to know more about Tarantes, I did write an article on my blog. Head on over. It's at www.wineitupanotch.com and there's more information there. And with that, I'll sign off for the day. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I can't wait to get back together with you in the next episode. And until then, I wish you lots of love, peace and light, and of course, great wine. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wine It Up a Notch podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast thus far. Be sure to hit subscribe to be notified of future episodes or leave a review to let me know what you think. Take care.